Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoyed this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's going on, Fusion? How you guys feeling? It's, it's good to see you guys. It is super weird. I'm not going to lie. Normally, like, if you've been around for a little while, you typically see me with, like, a guitar, a big old mic in my face, and hanging out with the band. It is very different tonight, but I'm really excited. Can I just ask, like, just a very human, personal conversation? How was yesterday? Was Memorial Day cool for anybody? Come on. We got to celebrate celebrate people, true heroes, and we also got to hang out and actually have some good time. How many people actually got some rest? Anybody? Okay, a few of us. And all the other people who had no hands up are just like, I hate my life. It could have been so much different. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I woke up. We we got up, like, really early, and we went to, like, hang out with some friends, but we did it just because we didn't want to deal with hot Lana in, in the middle of the day. Anybody else do that? Did they do something outside? That shows your age, my friend. You're getting old. (laughs) Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Uh, Hey, if if this is uh, maybe one of your first times here, or maybe you have just been kind of coming uh, for a few weeks, my name is James. Uh, I'm one of the pastors for Fusion. Uh, I actually am the worship pastor, so I get to... I get the honor of leading you guys in worship most weeks, and today I kind of get the the privilege and the honor of steering the conversation tonight. So if you are sad about that and miss Vance, guess what? You're stuck with me. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to thank you. One person. I appreciate that. Um... I want to I make something really clear. I, I'm not much of a, of, a, of a preacher. I don't preach messages. I don't write sermons. But what I do feel like I do somewhat well is have conversations, is, is, is connect with people and talk with people. So tonight, if you're okay, all I want to do is have a conversation with you. Tonight, I don't want to give you a bunch of facts or different points. I want to make you think maybe a little bit differently than you ever have before. Um, tonight is to try to get our minds going, and as we've saying, um, you know, God, open up the heavens. I, I feel like God's waiting for us first to open up our hearts, and we sit here, and we stand here, and we go, God, would you just do this amazing thing? And he's like, but you're not ready, and your hearts are not open. Why would I pour something out if you're not ready to receive it? Um, so tonight, I don't have... I don't have all that much wisdom for you, but what I do want to really have is a conversation. So what that means is you don't get to sit back and go, all right, boy, impress me. Give me something I've never heard. You don't get to do that because this is a conversation. Look at your neighbor and say, talk back. I didn't expect you to clap with me, but that was amazing. (laughs) Look at your other neighbor and say, talk back. Um, really quickly, I know everybody does it, the, the, the someone that comes in and, and hasn't spoken before in a long time or rarely speaks. I just want to shout out my family really quickly. Uh, we're gonna, we got a picture of my family. Uh, this is the fam. Yeah. So that's my beautiful wife, Rebecca. Uh, she looks way better than me. Uh, I'm getting old, fat, and chubby. And that's great. Um, anyway, so going from the right to left, basically tallest to smallest, uh, you've got Jacob Emmanuel. He's our lion. You've got Samantha Joy. She is her father's joy. 
You've got Chance Liam Levi. He got two middle names. Yeah, they're short, but we gave him two to compensate. And then we have the little baby boy. He's about seven months old now. His name is Arrow Kendrick Goddard. And he is, yeah, he's the last Arrow. He really is. And we wanted to make sure that we named him something that would mean a, a good deal. He wasn't a mistake, but we planned him and we wanted him. Now, some of you guys are like, what? No, for real. Uh, my parents, I was the youngest, and so my parents were like, hey, we love you, and we're so happy that we have you, we just didn't plan you. And so, for me, I was like, I at least want our last kid to feel like he was in the plan. He was in the cards the whole time. So, I looked at my wife, and I was like, you don't just make an arrow. Like, you got to plan that thing out. That's intentional. So, I said, our, our, our little boy's name is going to be Arrow, and he's going to be awesome, and he's probably got one of the coolest names that I've ever heard. Um, yeah. Thanks. So we've been in, on, uh, in this under construction series lately. Has anybody really enjoyed that? Man. Uh, I think Pastor Vance and, and, and Tay has led us through that really beautifully. And I, and I will say, I'm not just saying this to be nice or saying this because I feel like I have to. I really do feel like this, uh, this series that we've been in, this under construction, has been one of the, the realest in the most authentic series that even, even me personally as a pastor, I, I went into that, I'm going, man, it is so good to strip everything down and get to the core and to get to what's real and genuine and what we need to live this life with Jesus. So do me a favor, if you see Pastor Vance in the hall, if you see Tay, please shout them out because man, it's not easy to do what they do. I know this because I've been prepping a message and I hardly ever speak and it's hard. So do me a favor, shout out their, their authenticity and, and, their, and their real life uh, struggles and their overcome, and they are able to really just kind of give it to you guys and say, hey, don't make the same mistakes that we've made. Learn from where uh, we have coming from, and we're going to do this thing together. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to do this thing together. Uh, you guys are having way longer conversations than I intended. Oh, man. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about something that I believe is foundational. We've talked about being under construction. I think that we have done a decent job at really kind of looking at our lives and deconstructing certain things that don't belong there, right? Some of you, I think, I think you've, you've gone, I don't, I don't think I need to, to believe that anymore. I don't think I should do that anymore. We're bringing things down to the foundation, and we're saying, God, we want to build on top of, of your word and your truth and your love, and tonight, I feel like, is something that is not only foundational, but it's pivotal, and it's gotten me through more seasons and, and more hard times than I probably can count. Uh, guys, get ready. I'm a crier. I'm a I'm very emotional man. So if I do it, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Tay and I have multiple running bets. She's like, you're going to cry. And I go, I am. I will just cash app you a dollar now. Um, our stakes are really high. It's like a dollar. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I want to talk about kind of where we're at right now as people, as a ministry. Uh, it, is, it is, you know, we, we've come out of April. We've come out of May. We are in kind of a, a moment in time. Every year this, this time happens, there's a lot of transition and there's a lot of change. We have people graduating. Do we have any graduates in the house? That's right. We are so proud of you. 
Um, we've got people that are accomplishing some good stuff. We, we, even as a ministry, we've gone through a crazy season and a crazy transition all the way starting in last year with myself being a part, coming in and hanging out with you crazy people because you're awesome. And it is one, it's been truly like one of the highlights uh, of being a pastor and being in ministry is, is seeing you guys worship. Uh, I was at a point coming in where I was pretty dry and you guys watching you worship, you poured back into me. And so this has been one of the highlights of being in ministry is being with you guys. Um, so graduations are happening. Um, school is out. Uh, there's even like wedding season. Anybody get married recently or know someone that did? Yeah, one person. Okay, I love it. How many people like know a friend who got married this wedding season? And all the single people said... <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, that hurt too. Ooh, I'm so sorry. That hurt way more than I wanted it to. Yeah. Move on, top knot. Let's go. But we are in a season of transition, and so I was praying about the conversation that we should have tonight, and I want to talk about not just transition, but I just want to talk about seasons in general. We all have had seasons, we've all gone through seasons, we've had our highs and we've had our lows. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? You have had your highs and you have had your lows. There are good seasons and there are rough seasons and there are tough seasons. How many people, like, I, I always feel like I find these people and I love them and they're super spiritual and they're super dramatic and I'll, and I'll like hang out with them and I'll go, hey man, how you doing? I was like, bro. It's just like a really good season right now. God's just so good, man. I'm just like in the word. I don't know if they talk like that all the time, but that's how I hear it. It's just so good, man. And then the next week, hey man, how you doing? Good to see you. You're at Fusion. Like, I'm so happy that you're here. You know, I, uh, it's just, just in like a rough season, man. Like, just, just, last, just last week we were good. And by the way, it was a week, like seven days. I can count it. And then the next week you see them and they're like, yeah, man, like I'm just a, I'm like a really dry season. Or the really super spiritual person is like, I'm just like in a prayer and fasting season. And I'm like, I'm a pastor and I don't want to hang out with you anymore because I just feel shame. Like I can't, I don't, uh. Like, but again, like if, I, I know that I made fun of that. But whether they're being super spiritual or whether they're being overly dramatic, it is very true. We all go through seasons. And we all have our ups and our downs. And we have our moments where we feel dry. Uh, we have our moments where we feel like we're on the mountaintop. And we have moments where we feel more alone than we've ever been in our life. So tonight I want to talk about seasons. And I don't want to talk about it from that like, yeah, man, like uh, dry seasons and desert seasons and good seasons and whatever. Because everybody has their perspective and everybody has their personality, and that's fine. But the conversation tonight that I want to kind of draw us back to is, is when you open up the scriptures and when you look at what the word says, and when you even look at the creator himself, God made four seasons. 
that we can visibly see with our own eyes and we can feel with our skin and our senses and we see it and we know it's coming. There are four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And so in that context, I wanna talk about seasons uh, from that place. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 says, for everything there's a season. There's a time for every activity under heaven. Get this, there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to harvest. Okay, are you ready to talk about seasons? I told you this is a conversation that's not good enough. Are you ready to talk about seasons? One more time, are you ready? All right, so check it out. We look outside and we see spring. We've been in spring pretty, pretty recently, right? Now, when you look outside, spring, there, there's, everything is green. Everything is growing. The temperatures are heating up. It's a pretty good time to be alive, right? Spring's pretty dope. You got pretty flowers. All the girls says, yeah! yeah. And all the guys say, I forgot to buy flowers the other day. Dang it. So all the things that we see with our physical eyes, everything's green, everything's growing, and everything's good. And in our seasons of life and in our seasons of worship, in our hearts, when we're in a spring season, we're growing and we're inspired and everything is good. And so when you ask someone, how you doing? They're like, man, God's good because I'm in spring and I'm growing and I'm loving my life. Has anybody been there? Come on. And then spring eventually turns into what? Summer. Come on, it's a conversation. Spring turns into? summer you look outside we're about to hop into summer and it's hot and it's some of us don't like the crazy hot but it's hot and it's fun we do water stuff school is out amen let's go and everything in your heart that you loved in your season of worship in spring where there was everything growing and cultivating and God's showing you different stuff and you've never felt closer just gets ratcheted up to 10 and everything you loved about spring is even better in summer. And then fall arrives. And the temperatures drop. And the wind begins to blow a little harder. And the leaves on the trees begin to fall. And it becomes a little less fun. And everybody goes back to school and everybody gets back from vacation and they just get into that grind. And you become a little apathetic, right? You become a little lazy. Life isn't as fun, vacation's over, you wish you could go back to the beach, but you can't. And in our seasons of worship in our heart, all of the fruit that we saw, just like the leaves that we see, begin to fade away. And you begin to feel dry, and you go, God, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't like this. Fall is not a whole lot of fun. But after fall comes what? Winter. Say it like you mean it. Winter. Thank you. After fall, look at these lights, man. Shout out to the production team. Let's go. They're phenomenal. I love it. I could see it in the corner of my eye. I was like, this is so good. All right. Uh, after fall becomes winter. 
And I don't know about you, but where I'm from, it snows, and it snows a whole lot. And I've driven in like two feet of snow. Yeah, this guy knows what I'm talking about. But I've driven in like two feet of snow. Like Atlanta gets like an inch and a half. They're like, oh my gosh! Batten down the hatchets! Everybody stay inside! And in the Midwest, you're like, let's go sled in, okay? But on a heart level, fall was not a whole lot of fun. Winter's not a whole lot of fun either. Poets would call it the dark night of the soul. And you get into this moment and this season with God where you go, God, where are you? Everything is cold. My heart has become numb. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you get to that point and you say, I don't know if I can take this anymore. And I don't know what to do. So tonight, I want to talk about what do you do when winter arrives? What do you do when winter comes? What do you do when the music fades? What do you do when your emotions betray you? All the super emo people were like, "Mm, yeah, I've been there. (laughs) What do you do when this whole like following Jesus thing isn't fun anymore? What do you do when your desire for Jesus fails you? What do you do? What do you do? This isn't an easy conversation, but it's a necessary conversation, and it's a foundational conversation. What do you do when the music fades? As a musician, I get that. What happens when all the feels leave? And that dark night of the soul, and when you've entered into a season that you really don't want to be in, what do you do when you get there? The list of questions really are endless. And sometimes the answers can be quite painful. Um, I've had to answer a lot of questions in my life. And, and I say that uh, a couple weeks ago we had a panel and I mentioned something about my legs and something about a, a neurological thing. Um, I've had to look at this situation dead in the face and I've had to figure out, James, what do you do when you get diagnosed with a, with a possible life-threatening disease? Ten years ago, a doctor looked at me and said, you have this disease, da 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 You are genetically defective. There's something wrong in your body, and we don't know how to fix it. And I said, is it degenerative? And he says, I don't know, but Possibly. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you could have, you, it, could, it could go into Parkinson's, it can go into ALS, it could go into, uh, into MS. So my friends, I'm talking from a point of what do you do when no one has any answers and winter has come? What do you do in that dark night of the soul? What do you do? I mentioned it's a, it's a neurological thing. I have pain in my legs and you're looking at me like, yeah, but you're standing and you look fine. 
yeah, I do. I just know how to push through. I'm in pain even now. But my friends, I've had to come to, to a point where I've said, what, what do I do when I don't even have the strength to stand anymore? I climbed up a mountain one time and I couldn't even get down. I had to have my friends help me down because my legs were just shot. What do you do, my friends, when you get to those moments? What do you do when your friends begin to leave? What do you do when a parent walks out of your life? Or maybe for some of you, you, that has already happened. And you're still reeling from that conversation. And you're still reeling from that choice. My friends, what do you do when you hit the dark night of the soul? What do you do when someone walks out of your life? I remember, um, I think it was about when I was like eight or nine. Um, Again, I was in a lot of pain ever since I could remember. And it was eight or nine, I shared a a bed with my brother, and I I was tossing and turning, and I just could not sleep. And so I said, all right, I'm going to get up, and I'm just going to, like, walk around. I don't know what to do. I can't sleep, and I'm just talking with Jesus. I'm an eight-year-old, my friends. I don't know what to do. I barely know Jesus. And I'm going, God, if you're real, I really need you to do something here. God, if you could help me, I can't do this anymore. And every time I said, hey, I'm in a lot of pain, people, they were like, it's fine, it's just growing pains. You'll grow out of it. And I'm going, God, what do, you, what do you want from me? I'll do anything, please, just take this away. And I remember in that frustration, I walked downstairs and I went to the kitchen and I went to the drawer where we kept all of our knives. And I pulled open the drawer and I found the biggest knife that I could find. I pulled it out and I flipped it around and I held it to my leg. And mind you, I wasn't trying to end my life, I was trying to end my pain. You just want the pain to end, right? I mean, that's a pretty human thing. We want the pain to end. And I remember just standing there with this knife pressed against my leg going, maybe if I just cut my legs off, the pain will stop. And I, I stood there for a couple minutes and I believe the Lord in his goodness. I was eight or nine. Eight, and eight or nine-year-olds are not all that smart, especially with knives in their hands. But I believe it was the Lord's goodness and his grace And I just had a thought, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way, a better way than chopping a leg off or chopping a limb off or just cutting something that can never be repaired. And I feel like God in his goodness was like, there's another way. I got you. There's another way. My friends, what do you do when following Jesus is not fun anymore? What do you do when there seems to be no end in sight? And I ask these questions because I've seen so many of my friends get to this winter season, the temperatures drop, their heart is frozen over, they are numb, nothing is fun anymore, everything is terrible. And guess what? They get to winter and they bail. 
they leave and they say, if this is what following Jesus looks like, I'm out. I'm done. Thank you, good try, good play. I'm done. And I have had too many friends bail when they get to winter. Anybody gone there? Anybody been there? This is a foundational conversation. What do you do when it gets tough? You guys still with me? Come on, conversation. You still with me? I've lost so many friends who I looked and I said, you will never stop loving Jesus. You are too awesome. The emotions are too real and you are just too good. And it got tough. And they were done. What do you do? And I, I, would, I would humbly submit that all of my friends were living life and saying, and, and I remember this because when I was much, much younger, I just like, man, I just want to get closer to the Lord. Like, I just want to know him. I just want to get close to God. Has anybody ever said that? Come on, that's a pretty normal thing to say. I want to get close to God. And what I believe that they looked at life with the lens and these seasons uh, uh, through the lens, they, they said, you know what, I'm, I'm following God and Jesus is over here and he's up here and I'm following God and I'm living my life and I'm making the right decisions. And they were climbing the stairs to this crazy presence and this crazy closeness. And the minute they sinned or the minute it, they, it got hard, they fell off the stairs. And they're sitting there going, God, what happened? What did I do? Or sometimes even crazier yet, what are you doing? Some of you know what I'm talking about. God, I have made all the right decisions. I have done everything you've asked of me. Why isn't this easier? And they looked at life as a, as a series of lines and of stairs to get to this crazy mountaintop experience. And when it wasn't what they wanted and when it wasn't what they expected, they were gone. And what I want us to see is I want us to deconstruct that thinking. What I want us to see is that life is a little bit more like the seasons that we see. God himself created these seasons. Spring, summer, fall, and into winter, and then spring comes. What shape am I making right now? Say it one more time. It's not a line. It's a circle. But I, I need you guys to get this because you're clapping. You're like, I got it. You made the point. Good conversation. All right. Guys, for everything, there's a season. It's going to come. There is a time for everything under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Newsflash. It's not always going to be easy. 
There's a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time for everything. And some of you guys are going, yo, it was just Memorial Day. We're hopping into the summer. Calm down. <laughs> like, bro, I came here for like some popcorn and give me like a good, feel good message. But my friends, we're in summer. We see the good stuff. But guess what? Winter's coming. I feel like I'm in Game of Thrones right now. Winter's coming, my friends. Let's go. Build a wall. Let's go. I'm just kidding. That had way too many connotations to it. I'm just going to keep moving. But guys, winter is coming. Let me ask you this question, and I mean this in all sincerity. Do you wait till it gets cold to buy a coat? No. no. Because you're smart. And guess what? Guess what? Say it with me. Winter is coming. You buy a coat in preparation because you know it's a big old circle, right? Because you know that winter is coming. Come on, you guys got to do better than that. Winter is coming. All right. So it's coming. You don't wait until the temperatures plummet to buy a coat. But we live life like that. We go, God, everything's great. I love coming to Fusion. I'm in my small group. Life is awesome. And then something happens. You're like, oh, my gosh. Why? And I see you all worshiping on the floor like the world is ending. Bro. Y'all are like, she said no! What am I gonna do? But guess what? Can I be a dad right now and just tell you something? Winter is coming. So if you know it's coming, you better get ready. You better get ready. And everybody's going, I just want to be close to God. I just want to climb these stairs. I don't know why everybody's like this crazy, long-haired surfer dude from California when I do the voice. But here's the deal, my friends. The hard thing with this is like most of us want to feel better, but we don't want to get better. No, for real though, some of you are like, say it again for my friend right here. <laughs> I'll only say it again. I will only say it again for you. <laughs> Guys, I get it. We want to feel better and we want things to work out and feel good. But guess what? Feeling good doesn't always mean being good or getting good. Here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm at this stage in my life where I'm real skinny fat right now. And, and I own it. I'm, I'm there. I'm getting there. But here's the deal. Last, last summer, I, I did this thing. It was, I'm going to lose 30 pounds before I turn 30. And I did it. I did it. But hold your applause. It was not easy. Spoiler alert. It was not easy. But guess what? Do you think I felt better that whole three-month process? No! 
But guess what? You better believe I got better. You won't always feel better. They're rarely connected. But guess what? When you get better, you begin to feel better. What do you do? In the dark night of the soul, what do you do when winter hits and there's no one in sight? What do you do when God has never felt further? At the, at the end of your aisles, there's a, there's a little bucket. I don't know the right cool name for it, but it's a bucket. And do me a favor, if you're, yeah, if you're on the ends, there's a card in there. I want to... I want to share with you, and I want to just have a conversation about the things that I feel have helped me. So if you got that bucket, just, just pass one and keep it going down. These are three truths for winter. Take one down, pass it around. My friends, this is not going to blow your mind, but it is true. And it is foundational. Point number one, winter will surely come. And winter will surely pass. Oh, come on. Winter will surely come. And winter will surely pass. We have an enemy, my friends, that wants to make you feel that the pain that you feel is forever. That there is no way out. Just like me, when I had that knife in my hand, we have an enemy that wants you to know that that pain is never going to go away. We have an enemy that says, you know what, my friends? This depression that you're dealing with, not going anywhere. You will never have any victory. This, uh, this anxiety, this depression, this hopelessness that you're feeling, it's forever. The feeling of being lost and alone is forever. But the truth when we look at the scripture and when we look at the season around us, is winter will surely come and it will surely pass. Because guess what? This is what? This is a circle. So my friends, I'm giving you a visual. When you get to that moment and you go, oh my gosh, I don't think this will ever get better. You say to yourself, winter will surely come and it'll surely pass. Come on. The second truth that's helped me weather these winters, push through to these winters, and I say it like this, these truths help me chase spring. These truths help me chase spring. Point two is that everything grows in winter. You just don't see it till spring. Somebody needed that one. <laughs> It's a convo. I like it. <laughs> Everything grows in winter. You just don't see it till spring. You feel dead. You feel depleted and you feel cold and you feel numb. But when you look at a tree, there's no, there's no branch, there's no leaves on that thing. But guess what? In, deep down in the roots, that thing's alive. This is not me trying to be cool or crazy profound. This is God's design. It's his construction. It's his creation. Everything grows in the winter. You just don't know it until spring. I've got a picture that I want to show you. 
It's a picture of just a, a piece of wood. And when you cut down a tree, you see these rings. And my friend, each ring signifies a winter that this tree has made it through. This, these rings signify you can do it. Winter surely came and it passed and that thing is gone. And guess what? The, the, the more rings it gets, the stronger it gets, the bigger it gets, and it gets even more rooted and it gets even bigger. My friends, some of you need to get some rings on your heart. Because you're this tiny little tree. You're this tiny little tree. God, I want out. I'm done. But my friends, here's the deal. I, I see it because I love you. Here's the deal. If you bail there, guess what? You got to start all over again. And you never get stronger. And you never get wiser. And you never can help anybody out. You never can serve the way you want to serve. You never can love the way you want to love. Because every time it gets hard, I'm out. Every time it gets hard, you're out. And I don't say that as an indictment of you. I'm not trying to come down on you. But it is a confession in my heart. There are moments where I go, God, I'm done. And you're like, really? You're a pastor. Guess what? Yeah. Several times. God, I'm done. I'm through. I don't know how I can do this. But every time I have to come back and say, God, there ain't no life in that if I give up. And I will choose death when I bail. And God is saying, I want you to pursue life. I want you to chase spring. I want you to chase life. But you can't shortchange it and you can't go back because guess what? It's not a line. It is a circle. So you've got to push through one thing to get to the other. And you can't skip one that you don't like. You gotta push through because it's gonna come. But guess what? It's gonna leave. It's gonna be done. It won't be forever. And even if you don't see the growth, I promise you, you're growing because you haven't given up. And you're pursuing our Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the creator of every single one of our stories. And the last truth that I want to give to you guys tonight, and if you hear nothing else, if you hear nothing else, I need you to lean in right at this point. I see some people still leaning back. I need you to lean forward. I'm a demanding communicator, apparently. If you hear nothing else, when we talk about seasons of worship and the dark night of the soul, I need you to know this. Don't mistake God's discipline for God's desertion of you. He has not abandoned you. 
See, no one clapped for that one because that hit way too close to home. Don't mistake God's discipline of you for him leaving and abandoning you. And I'll put it to you like this. I know that we have a couple parents in the room, but as you saw on that picture, I have four. And there comes a time when this has been great. Shh, 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 it's okay. I love you. You're carrying them everywhere. You're changing their diaper, putting them to sleep. You do everything for them. I mean, kids can't do jack squat. (laughs) But there comes a time as dad and mom when you say, you know what? It's time. We got to learn how to walk. And so we go from this, shh, 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 it's okay. I love you, buddy. I love you. You're so good. Let me help you get to sleep. Let me burp you. Let me take care of every single little thing. And then there comes a time where I say, you know what? Let's, let's try to get some, some reps in. Let's try to get crawling. Let's try to get walking. And guess what? Me as father, I put my son down on the floor. You can do it. You can do it. And I look at him and I get down on his level. Come on, buddy. I love you. I love you. You're so good. You're so cute. And he's just, you know, he's trying to figure this thing out. But I, come on, Arrow, you can do it. You got this. You can do it. And he's sitting over here. He's all the way over here. Ah! <laughs> Why'd you leave me? I was so much closer. You were so, I could hear you. I could see you. I could feel you. And I'm over here going, I'm still here. But I need you to walk. And I need you to grow. And I need you to get some rings on your heart. Because I believe in you. Do not mistake God's discipline for his desertion. But it's so easy to do that because we see discipline as punishment. But it's not. A good dad, a loving dad disciplines his children. He says, I believe in you so much that I'm going to do something that's tough and you're not going to like it, but you need it. I mean, can you imagine it? Can you imagine if I never had that moment with my son? you imagine me taking like a 21-year-old to like a house party and my kids never learned to walk? Hey, how you doing? Here's my dude. All right, let me, let me run you over to the couch. Okay. All right, get you a Coke. I got you. Okay. Can you imagine that? Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be that kid of God that never learned to do a single thing? But it's these questions that will help us go, what do I do when it gets hard? And you will never learn and you will never grow and you will always try to shortcut to get back to spring, but you gotta chase it. There's no shortcut, you just gotta chase it. You gotta weather winter and you gotta keep going because your dad is saying, I believe in you. I believe in you, let's crawl first. Come on, and now let's walk. Let's go, and now let's run.
what do you do when everything is failing you, everything that you know, everything that you've leaned on, what do you do when your desire for God fails you? Because it's great to have a conversation about it. It's great to laugh. It's great to joke about it. But my friends, I need you to know when you leave this room, what you're going to do. And guess what? Real talk, some of you guys are in that moment now. And you're acting like it's not happening. And you're saying, you know what? Maybe if I just act like it's not happening, maybe if I just avoid it, it'll go away. But guess what? That makes winter take longer because God believes in you. And he goes, I can't move you on. And we can't move on to anything greater or anything bigger until you learn this lesson now. What do you do when your desire for God fails you? And I would, I would beg to suggest that the answer is very simple. What do you do when your desire for God fails you? You let his desire for you fuel you because you got nothing left. But he's got a whole lot more and he can help you chase spring. He can help you keep going. There's been so many times in my life, my friends, where I have to say, God, I thank you. I thank you for never leaving me or forsaking me. I thank you for never leaving me or forsaking me. God, I thank you that before you formed me in the womb, you knew me. And before I was even born, you set me apart to do something that matters. And I thank you for that. And I let his desire and I let his love and I let his truth fuel me when I got nothing left. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. I can't tell you how many times I have been crying to God. And just like Jeremiah said in Lamentations, I just... I sit in the middle of my dark night of the soul and I sit in the middle of my pain and I sit in the middle of my brokenness and I say, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, I am not consumed. His compassions never fail. Great is thy faithfulness. Because of the Lord's great love, I am not consumed. And I love the words that he uses, yet this I call to mind. He didn't say it makes him feel better. It didn't even say that, he didn't even say that it helps him out a lot. But I believe that Jeremiah the prophet who was given this crazy call to say a bunch of things that no one wanted to hear. He said, God, I call this to mind. And therefore I have hope because of your great love. I'm never down and out. And I'm never alone in the storm. And even when I'm dry, you fill me up. And when I'm numb, you take the goodness of your love and you warm up a cold heart and you set it on fire. What do you do 
when your desire for God fails you. Because a lot of us just keep pushing. And we just keep pushing. Even when we got nothing left. And you'll bend for a while and then you'll break. And God just says, just come back to me. I don't feel you, God. I don't see you. I don't hear you. Just come back to me. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't care. Come back to me. I don't want to hang out with those super spiritual people that look like everything is great in life and I don't want to hear about another promotion or another raise. Why is it not working out for me? I don't care. Come back to me. My friends, when you have nothing left and your desires and your passions and all the, Jesus, I love you. When you don't feel that one ounce, you let his desire and his love for you fuel you as you chase spring. And what I wanna do in the next two minutes is we're gonna bring the lights down a little bit. And every single one of you has that card. And I just want you to have a moment where you reflect. And if you're in summer, more power to you. I love that. I don't need this to be a crazy downer and everybody goes, well, I thought I was doing good, but I guess I'm in winter because we talked about winter. I don't need you to do that. You don't have to be fake. If you're loving life and life is good, that's awesome. But if you're not okay, I need you to be real. And I need you to look at these truths and say, I think I need to have a conversation with someone about that. Because I want to get better. I, I do want to feel better, but I really want to get better. And I want to make it through this winter and I want to get some rings on my heart and I want to get some strength in my spirit. So in the next couple minutes, I just want you to just look at that card. Don't look at anybody around you. I know it's not that impressive. I get it. But I need you to have a conversation now. You had a conversation with me and we had a good talk and that was amazing. I need you to have a conversation with God. And here's the deal, I cannot have that conversation for you. Right now I'm asking you to look at that card and to look at each little logo in the corners and say, I think I'm, I think I'm in fall. I think certain things are beginning to decay and I know that winter's coming and I need to have a conversation with Jesus. And I need you to make up your mind right now when it all falls apart, God, I'm coming. His love fuel us. And we're going to let his goodness remind us so that when it hits, we are ready. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.